0: Hey, it's Deborah Adams, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome back to Letting Go. Parenting Adult Children. This is the third of our four podcasts where we're kind of taking the learnings from my life and sharing them with you so that hopefully you can avoid some of the mistakes I made but also get some new tools as your children are aging and maybe adults and you're having to let go and let God, right? So our first podcast was a quick background and introduction about this whole idea and in that I introduced our acronym A-D-U-L-T-S, adults, that we're going to be using for the study. We talked about advice and discernment, A and D, of our acronym. And today, we're going to talk about understanding and legacy for U and L. Then next time, we'll wrap it all up with the last two letters, which are T and S. So let's get this party started and look at understanding. I want to begin with looking at some synonyms to this word. There's knowledge, the experience that one has. Another synonym is insight or seeing things from a different circumstance. Perception is another one. The view that one has. Awareness and then empathy, which is almost a verb or the action form of understanding. I love the way a synonym can help us because it can break down the definition of a word and give different aspects to that word. Think about a crystal prism, how light goes in one side of the prism as you have it hanging in the window, and then the prism itself breaks up that light and it leaves a beautiful rainbow of color that's just splattered all over your room. Synonyms are like that prism. And so we are taking the word understanding today and we're going to apply it in some different aspects as we move through this so that we can learn how to let go of our children so that they can become all that God wants them to be. First, let's look at understanding the nature and the character of God. You know, as parents, we no longer have control over what comes in and goes out of our children's lives, which we really didn't anyway, but we do think that sometimes, right? Anyway, it's imperative that we understand God's nature and God's character is rooted in who he is. And who is he? 1 John 4 eight tells us that God is love. This way, When we're up against the hard stuff or when our children are up against the hard stuff and God says, take your hands off of them and allow me to work in this one's life, we're able to do so because we understand that God's love is the driving force behind that request. Understanding God's nature and his character can reassure us in the middle of the night when we're up praying for our loved ones. You know, I can't tell you how many times since my children have left home that God. God has awakened me in the middle of the night to pray. He really seems to like 2 a.m. So sometimes I know what's going on in their lives, but there are many times that I don't. I just know that God loves them enough to wake me up to get me on my knees in the living room and to begin to call their names out before him. This is where our next point comes in, and that's understanding the promises of God. So here I am, I'm on my knees, not knowing exactly why I'm there, but I have enough knowledge and experience with this tugging to know that I shouldn't ignore it, that there's something going on, and no matter how sleepy I am, I need to press through that and I need to pray. But what do I pray? How do I move through a circumstance in prayer when I really don't even know what that circumstance is? This is where God's word comes in. God has made promises to us about our children. These promises can be from his written word, such as honor your father and your mother and they'll have long life. So I might pray about their life and the extent of that life depending on what the situation is, or we can pray from the promises that we've heard by the Holy Spirit about their future. For example, I'm one that's really big on journaling. So over the years, I have notes about the impressions that I have from the Spirit, and I remind God about those when I'm in times of prayer. It's okay to do that because in Isaiah 43, 26, he actually tells us to make a case for our prayer using his promises. So if God has told me something, I've written it down in my journal, and I'm up praying in the middle of the night, not knowing exactly what to pray, I can go down that list of things and know that I am praying according to the way that the Holy Spirit has led me in the past. So understanding those promises from him. In order to do this, we have to know what the promises of God are. We have to have that understanding, right? So this again requires discipline and getting into the Word and learning from the Bible what God says and what He promises. We also have to understand the will of God. Similar to understanding that the nature and character of God is love, we need to understand that the will of God is good. Romans 12 2 talks about this. It says that the will of God is good and perfect. It requires a discipline, it takes dedication to read the Word of God, to hear the Word of God, and to spend time in prayer outside my 2 a.m. crisis meeting so that I can build a relationship with the one who sovereignly pulls the strings on not only my life but on the life of my children. The will of God is also trifold. So God has a general will for all people such as in 1 Timothy 4, 9, where it says that he wants all men to be saved. There's also a more specific will for believers, as in Romans 12, 1 and 2, which I just referenced, where it starts out and says, believers do not be conformed to this world, but be changed. And then there's the very specific will for each individual, the calling, the gift of God, the things that we're supposed to do. Romans 11 and 12 talks about that in a very long context, so we can't go over that today. But concerning our adult children, parents need to understand that God has a specific calling on their life. He has individual gifts that he has given them. And it's very, very important that we not demand our own way in relationship to that calling. For example, we can't want the children to just follow in our footsteps because this is what the men of our family have already done. No, God has a specific will for that child and for this adult. And it's important that we get in line with what that is, especially when we're praying for them. So trusting God means we rest at night when, let's say, for example, our, oh, I know, our evangelistic son, who's called to bring the gospel to those who are deeply rooted in gang lifestyles, that which was his old lifestyle, but that which he has come come out of he's called the minister to them and this particular evening he's ministering in an environment that could go potentially really bad at any moment in time but trusting God's will means that I'm able to sleep in spite of that maybe being on my mind or how about understanding the will of God and it being good even though there's been a breakup in a marriage and our grandchildren have moved a long ways away or believing in the goodness of God's plan and rejoicing, even when our children announce that they're going to have another baby, but we know that the first pregnancy nearly killed the mother. These things are real life, and this is why I'm so thankful that Jesus lives with us. He lives this out with us. He understands it, and he sent the Holy Spirit to help us through it. So when we understand the will of God, if we understand that his nature is love, that he is made of love, that his will is good, we are able to go through these things and have peace. I want to share two scriptures with you before we close on this particular topic. One is from 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 12. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which comes from God so that we may understand understand what is freely given to us by God. That is the whole work of the Holy Spirit, to help us to understand what's freely been given to us by God, to understand the will of God. And then let's look at Proverbs 3, starting at 13. It says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her wisdom and understanding is better than the gain from silver and profit is better than gold. Wisdom and understanding is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare to her. Understanding is more precious than most things that people value and chase after today. That's really something to think about. Let's look at another letter. Let's look at L, legacy. You know, the best definition that I have found for legacy is one by a gentleman named Bill High, and you can find this on his website, billhigh.com. But basically, he says legacy focuses on what will endure. It's about passing things of lasting value to those who will live on after us. Legacy involves living intentionally and aiming to build into the next generation for their success. You know, I just love that. I love the living intentionally and aiming to build into the next generation. And why do we want to do that? We do that for their success to help them become all that God wants them to be. Let's look at living intentionally first. This is about a moment-by-moment consciousness that what I do matters. And as a Christian, what I do should be the right or righteous thing. As a Christian, it's the consciousness that I am in step with the Spirit of God. We live in a world that is so do your own thing, make yourself be happy. But when you look at history, especially Bible history, it is clear that doing our own thing seldom has good outcomes. The Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway, Psalms 119.105 says. That's meaning there's a specific road that God has that he wants us to travel, and he even illuminates that and shows us the way. He gives us this roadmap to do that, and that roadmap is called the Bible. So living intentionally requires that we expose ourselves to To the map or to the Bible. It's important that we have an understanding of the map, which means we need to take time to study, like we've been talking about, but it also includes a willingness to follow the map. So I have a question for you. Have you ever gotten lost because you decided to take a shortcut when it came to traveling to some destination? Your GPS is telling you to go one direction, but you just know that if up here at this street you turn to the right, you could cut through and you could get to your destination faster. So you stop listening to your GPS, you take the right-hand turn, and lo and behold, you get stuck. You get stuck in traffic, you get stuck because there's a street closed, or something happens, or like I've done, it's even gotten me lost. That's what this is like. When letting go of our adult children, we can make the same mistakes. We can hold on too long because we want to control what's happening or we want to protect them. That's always been my biggest one. Or we let go too soon, especially in prayer, just out of frustration. When we do this, when we let go too soon, or when we hold on too long, there's a possibility that we're circumventing the path that God had intended for everybody to take. Living intentionally is most successful when our intention lines up with God's intention. That's where the study of the Bible comes in. That's where prayer comes in. That's where listening to the Holy Spirit comes in. But what about this other part of the quote that I shared? What about aiming to build into the next generation for their success? You know, it's kind of late tonight, and as I prepare this, I am surrounded by photos and photos of my husband's and my legacies. We have pictures of parents and other people from former generations here, and then combined with that, there's frame after frame with our children's pictures and pictures of our grandchildren. To be honest, I think we might have overkill on the photos, but I'll have to deal with that later. Anyway, It has me thinking about the phrase, building into the next generation. This is about more than decorating or teaching a child to look good on the outside. It's truly building into their character the things that are honest and pure and lovely and righteous and holy. Deuteronomy 6 at the fifth verse tells us how to do this, or at least begins to tell us how to do this. And The Lord says in his word, you shall love the Lord your God with with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So how often do we need to be speaking into our children and helping them to understand the character of God, the way of God, the will of God? It's 24 hours a day, no matter if we're coming or going or on the phone or in person, Making sure that we take advantage of every teachable moment and it doesn't stop. The scripture doesn't say until they're 16 years old and leave home. This scripture is until your job is done, which means you've left the earth, basically, in my opinion. So building into, it requires that we pour into our children the things that are necessary to embed their spirit and their soul into that which is going to stand the test of time. Time, right? I mean, the test of moving into new cities, getting new jobs, losing jobs, and having to start over. And what about making new friends and then having those friends betray you? That's a test. And the test of family. We have quarrels and we re- are required to forgive. That's a challenge. The tests of finances, of sickness, of having babies and watching them grow. All of these things are about the test of time, the tests of life, as I call them. So what is it that we can put into our children as they grow, as even as adults, that when they stand, or that they can stand, I should say, the tests of time, the circumstances of life that are going to be brought their way? It is love. And it's not just any kind of love, it's agape love, it's unconditional love, it's the love that only comes from the Father and it can only be lived out through His Spirit in our lives. 1 Corinthians twelve four through 7. And I'm going to pause in between each one of these statements for the purpose of us reflecting on are we demonstrating this type of love to our adult children? So let's begin. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast and it is not proud. Love does not dishonor others and it is not self-seeking love is not easily angered. And here's a good one. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. And love always perseveres. This is agape. This is unconditional love. This is the love that reaches down into the soul of a person with acceptance and forgiveness and reconciliation when things have maybe gone bad. Agape is that joyful, I love you anyway, when your adult child runs in the exact opposite direction that you saw for their life or that you believe God wants them to take. Agape is the portion of our quote that actually builds into the next generation for their success. It moves us past our own feelings, past our own hurts, rejection, betrayal, and all of the fear that can come when we're letting go of our children. And it just gives them what's necessary for their success. It gives them that open door to step out there and take risks. And if they fall on their face or something, we're there along with the Lord in unconditional love to help, to build back up, to lead, to guide, to mentor, whatever it is. Whatever it is that's necessary to let go and to allow God to build his legacy within our children. So we've talked about understanding and legacy in this series, and I hope that you will join us for the final podcast of Letting Go, where we're going to talk about the T and the S of adults, A-D-U-L-T-S. Here, we're going to really concentrate a little bit more on timing and on surrender, so you don't want to miss it. Now, don't forget to use the scripture resources that have been made available, and we will see you next time. Until then, you have a super blessed day. Thank you